Welcome to the podcast edition of Maximum Growth Live, the number one program for lawyers who want to grow their practices. Each week, our hosts, Seth Price and Jay Ruane, tackle the fundamental questions about how to grow the profit and profitability of your law firm. To watch the program live, submit your questions and hear the latest episode. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern on Facebook for our live show. Maximum Growth Live is a production of Maximum Lawyer Media. Hello, hello, and welcome to another Tuesday show of Maximum Growth Live. I am your host, Jay Ruane, CEO of FirmFlex, social media marketing for lawyers, as well as managing partner of Ruane Attorneys here in Connecticut. And with me, back on the right side, Seth Price. Seth of Blue Shark Digital SEO for law firms, as well as Price Benowitz, your D.C., Maryland, Virginia, South Carolina, soon to be dominating the East Coast. Uh, Price Benowitz. Seth, how are you doing this week? Doing well, Jay. Doing doing well. Great to be here with you. Yeah. So let me tell you. Let me get fill you in. You know, it's been a it's been it was a crazy weekend. Got to play baseball all weekend with my kids, which which was awesome. Spent a lot of time on my Peloton. I know a lot of people know we've talked about it. I actually calculated it, and I actually did more miles on my Peloton last week than I drove last week. Wow. Uh, which is which is the, the the new world. So it's it's a little bit crazy. But we had a phenomenal show last Thursday, and I don't know about you, but for me personally, I must have gotten 40 or 50 DMs of people saying, I love this hack, can you give me a little more feedback, that type of thing. People were loving our hack episode. What kind of feedback did you get? Absolutely, I think people were digging deep saying, hey, these are things that I could put to work. And for me, as you know, I've always preached this, going to conferences when we did that. Remember we used to go to conferences, we'd get on a plane and go somewhere. I love the idea of getting out of the office, but what we would do is it would take us three days of sitting in a conference room, listening to people speak, taking notes, and then on the way home, you would, I would condense those notes. I advocated doing that and then prioritizing a top 10 things, the three or four things you need to do right away, the three things you may put on the back burner, and the three or four things that you say, yeah, it's a good idea, but I'm not getting to it right away. And what I loved about our hack show is, to me, it was an amalgamation of those great ideas without having to spend three days at a conference, people were able to get these things. And even for myself, some of the stuff you're talking about, I'm putting into place things. And what I have noticed about that whole sort of ethos of going to a conference and hearing stuff, there's stuff you've heard before, but it takes hearing it X number of times before you either push yourself to do it or it gets prioritized based on what's going on in your life with resources, money, and staff at any given time. Absolutely. And I, you know, and one of the things uh, that we did in our office was right after Thursday's show is I actually sat down with my team and we developed a system for that post-contact follow-up. It involves adding them to our respective email lists, uh, making sure that we have all their contact information in our CRM, sending them a, a follow-up note card, sending them a, a, a connection to connect on LinkedIn. All of those things that you need to do is we now have a system for it. You know I'm a systems guy. So uh, thanks for that tip, and I hope you got something out of the stuff. Yeah, I, I, I'm waiting for FirmFlex. They're very busy. They're, the phones <laughs> seem to be blowing up. I can't get through because I want to do the uh, Ask a Lawyer Facebook piece, and I'm waiting for FirmFlex to set it up for yeah, me. Yeah, well, actually, we had a meeting today, and we talked about building a system uh, to set those up for lawyers because you're not the only person that asked about that. Yeah, I guess so, I'll be, a, I'll be a client, client uh, beta one. Okay, well, there you go. Well, 
One of the things that we need to talk about is that at the end of the show, uh, I tease today's show that we have some more hacks to give out. And I guess they're not necessarily lesser hacks, right? They're, it's just it sort of all fell into the same vein of software that we use um, to help our practices grow. And so I've got a couple that I use regularly. In fact, I was using one today uh, in connection with uh, some email marketing. Um, and uh, But first, I want to talk a little bit about something that I think a lot of people need to do, and you've got a lot of experience in helping people with it, and that is building out your directories. Uh, and there's a lot of different software applications that you can use for it. So it, maybe we could walk through that stuff. And, and let's back up for a second. Why, why do you care, right? I mean, there are a lot of people here, like, of course, that's what you, I got to do it. But when we talk about SEO, right, you have content, you have links. When we talk about local, the citation, the name, address, and phone number, the NAP, that's the currency. And there are a lot of different ways to populate the, the, the world, the digital world with your name, address, and phone number so that when Google is determining where you rank in or if you do rank at all in the three-pack, that you have authority in local. So these directories, which are back in the day when I started, I just literally sat down and Google legal directories, find it, and it would add our name, address, and phone number if they allowed for a link, God bless. Um, that was the sort of the process I went through myself. And even when I started the law firm and the early days of Blue Shark, we had a team that did this all by hand. And I was like, hey, you want to do it? anything right, you do it yourself. But what happened is exponentially, it took on a greater and greater time suck. And that's where it comes down to software, Jay. And we, that, that's sort of the conversation today. And my hack is discussing not just one, but four different primary options that you have for populating the directories with your name, address, and phone number, which you want to keep consistent to be able to signal to Google, hey, we are not just a good SEO option for the algorithm, but we're a good local SEO option for the three pack, the map pack. Yeah, because local really, it really is everything now. Uh, you know, all the local signals really matter. It's tough to have a huge geographic uh, presence. Uh, so your local listings have to be really have to be solid so let's start off and and it would probably be best if we take it basically from you know beginning with training wheels all the way through you know your experience you've got team members that type of thing so what's the what are, what are the, what's the easiest way to get on right the entry point if yeah. you got the least amount of money and you say i got to do something because i think that even if you're a b2b player making sure that your name address and phone number comes up can make the difference of being found or not found moz um, Moz is, has a tool for local. It is cheap. It basically gets you to a ton of directories. There are three main aggregators. It helps feed you to those and is sort of the entry point. If you do nothing else, pay Moz around a hundred bucks and basically upload your data across the web. It's not set it and forget it, but it's about as close as most things are in life. Okay, so Moz is one, and I think it's like a hundred bucks a year or something like that. Right? Correct, it's, it's, it's cheap. It's cheap because right. it's also it's it's it, there's no manual actions. It's literally just a computer algorithm spitting out directory listings to all of the I guess the input variables well, that these directories. There are three want. main aggregators, and that's okay. what you're paying for. Gotcha. So okay. the fact that you're getting to those three main aggregators, that is like a huge. When you do that, 
That's 80%. That's why if you just if you do nothing else but this, if your competitors aren't doing anything, if you're in a rural spot or a B2B person, this can be a game changer. Similarly, Yext, a little more expensive, but that's the next level. Also three aggregators and then a whole bunch of other directories. Moz just does a few extra directories beyond the three main aggregators that then send out all over the web, but Moz does another you know, several dozen directories beyond the three aggregators that send out to quite a few places. Okay, so, two, so let yeah. me ask you this question then. Why can't I just find those three aggregators and upload my own stuff into them? You know, in theory, if you wanted to take the time, you could. It's some some places, some things you can do, some things you can't do. To me, this is a no-brainer. Like, especially if you if that's your only job, that's why it's so cheap. They just It's basically a direct API to those aggregators. It doesn't get messed up. The thing I will tell you about Yaz, uh, Moz and Yext, two things. You are renting the listing. You are paying for it for as long as you pay them. When you stop paying them, it's not going to be taken care of. Um, but there are some big advantages to it. So I really like it for somebody who is just starting out potentially, who's going to move. If you know you're about to move, if you think, hey, I'm starting now, but I have a partner. I'm going to bring them on and change the name of the firm. Every time you make a change, you need to update those directories. And by doing it through a Yext, literally a couple clicks in their interface and boom, it's taken care of. That's a huge deal compared to the time if you're doing it yourself or one of the ones we're going to talk about in a minute where you have to go back and manually do everything. So let, or me, have, ask, pay somebody. Okay, so let me ask you this question. Okay, I've been in my, in my building now for over a decade. But we're anticipating buying a building next year. Uh, we have an idea of where we're going to go. And so six months, nine months from now, we're going to be changing. I've never signed up for one of these services. Is now a good time to sign up for, say, Moz, get them to confirm everything so that six months from now, when I do have to make that change, I can have them do it and not have to worry about it? Would that be a good tactic to use? No. Yes and no. For, well, let's talk. You you are a special case. Well, like I'm just saying, just generally. If, if generally, I would say it's an entry point for everybody. If you're not doing it, you should be doing it. With the exception, if we get to these next two softwares after, there are a few others out there. But the idea being, these are easy churn case softwares. The only piece, the two pieces of warning. One I mentioned is that you're renting it. Yeah, it's the suppression technology, so it suppresses bad listings, and the moment you stop paying them, that disappears. But the other piece that I, I think is sig significant um, is that when you do them, some of the main places you may care about, like um, like a, a Yelp, there are a handful. I think about a dozen, maybe ten to a dozen, where they are not. They may submit to those places, but you need to go by hand and take care of those yourself, or potentially pay an up fee for those to be done, and make sure that you're not forgetting about those because those are some of the most powerful places. Gotcha. So again, for somebody who's doing nothing, Moz and Yext, absolutely. Moz being the cheapest, easiest entry, Yext being one step you know, further along. Um, the two softwares that come after that sort of in, the, in, the, in that sort of continuum, Bright Local and WhiteSpark. Okay. Those, instead of using you know, a rented policy, they're you're actually paying to have the citations built. So the good thing is you're, you're, you're sort of like, instead of you're buying an office next year, you're buying your citations. So you own them. So the good news is that 
you don't have to keep paying for an annual subscription to keep them live. At the same time, if you do move, if you do get a new partner, if you change your phone number, you now need to either go in manually and change them or pay for a new listing. And so it is what, where, to me, a large percentage of the calculus is where you are as far as your stability. You know, maybe you move next year. Yeah, you're going to go to my guess is a bright local or white spark and pay for, for new ones or pay them to update your existing ones. Um, but for somebody who is in that earlier phase, a lot of people in their first five years of practice may move five times. Um, that is a huge headache. And unless you're playing the higher level SEO, uh, you know, the yaks can be perfectly fine to begin with as you start playing for the angles some of the, you know, I like to get away from the suppression services. And I think there's some SEO benefits to getting the ones that are um, done manually for you. Okay, so I can give you a little bit of my experience with it. I have a, a Moz account that I set up a couple of years ago after I watched Rand uh, before he left Moz at a seminar. So I set that up. I was a customer of Yext for a long time. And Yext got really expensive because I had a number of office locations. So I was paying you know, a couple thousand dollars a year to Yext. And one of the things that, that jumped out at me was a blog that I wrote, and I'll try to find the link, and I'll put it down in the, in the, uh, in the comments if I find the link, was that Yext put you on a lot of directories, but a lot of the directories that they uh, put you on, were your pages weren't indexed by any search engine, especially not by Google. Now, one of the things that, that uh, the, the people suggested in this blog was that you actually take your listings that you have on all of these directories, drop them onto a page on your website saying, we can be found in the following directories, and put those links there so that when Google indexes you, they find those links because they you know Google's not going to index you know Yext with every link, every directory that's out there. Um, but I just wanted to put that out there. But I'm actually and, now right, a white we, we were playing that game. You could have overseas labor go and click right. through for things. By the time you're getting to that level, and I think you sort of proved my point, as you progress, you will outgrow them. You could outgrow a Yext, and that's when you go and decide, hey, I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to use one of these other tools that are out there in order to um, in order to create the citations in a way that is most SEO friendly. And so what we did actually is when we launched our new licensed lawyer site, we actually decided to go with WhiteSpark uh, and have them build our directory listings for that brand uh, to see how they did instead of just dumping it on Yext or dumping it on Moz because we, we were running into the issue of having two brands at the same address except for a suite number and we wanted somebody to manually do it so that's certainly something that people need to uh, need to consider right and, and bright local we we love it gives some extra flexibility reporting you know pick you know again they're all awesome tools figure out what the needs you have are but it's funny i've had this conversation with some of my favorite seos at you know when i was at a pubcon it is definitely a process that people have generally you know evolved through um, and there's a place for each one of them, depending on where you are on that spectrum. Absolutely. Okay. So now I've got to give you a couple of different software pieces that you can use because I've got a number of hacks here. So I'm going to give you two right now, uh, before we throw it back to Seth. Uh, Seth has talked about the importance of adding pictures to your Google, my business listing, because Google likes seeing you upload pictures regularly. 
uh, and they want you to have pictures that are relevant to your practice or relevant to your business. And in your case, it's a practice. Uh, and automating that process really became kind of difficult for me because I would never remember. It was, you know, it was on these things, a million things I needed to accomplish in a week. Uh, and so what I found, and we can go back, if you want to go back to some of our episodes in, uh, in April and May when I'm lamenting the problem that I was having with my GMB profile for one of my brands, I found a, a, a consultant who was going to help me get restored. And one of his products that he offers is this thing called Local Picks. So I'll put the uh, down below. I'll make sure that you guys have the URL for it. But essentially what it does is you sign up for this service. And I want to say it was, uh, you know, eight bucks a month or something like that. So it's, it's not expensive. Um, and then it is an automated message to you where in every five, six, seven, eight days, depending on how many you select, it will send you a text message saying, hey, don't forget, it's time to upload a picture to your GMB. Respond with a picture and we'll post it for you. And so it's just reminding you to do it. You grab one of the pictures that you have off of your phone, you respond to it, and boom, they place the picture for you. So it's a way for you to sort of remind yourself to post pictures to your Google My Business profile, uh, and it allows you to sort of take the thought out of it. Uh, and that's uh, which, which I get, I, you know, look, and, and the part of our, our job here is to sort of push back to me. There are ones are like, wow, that's a game changer to me. Put a freaking Google, you know, a calendar alert. And theoretically you shouldn't be doing it, Jay. I know you love doing this stuff, but this is one where the marketing assistant should be doing this in a perfect world. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. My whole thing is calendars can get missed. Uh, emails, reminders get missed. 95% of text messages are open within three minutes. Absolutely. And so I am moving everything I can to a, be a text message based reminder uh, because I find that gets me to take action on something or my team actually to, to take action on something that's a lot faster than expecting somebody to, to check their email and remember to do it. Well, then I got a question for you as Mr. Systems. Is there any way to set on a Google on your Google Calendar to have the appointment reminder come as a text rather than as an email? You know, that's a good question. I've never investigated that. I'm in, I'm in the middle of uh, a middle right now of making my CRM sync up with Google Calendar and having multiple calendars. I'm in the process of getting that all set up. So I'll look into that. I'll look into that because to me, and again, that taking nothing away that, that from that software, if you're a guy who's on the move and you're like, hey, I'll take a picture of uploaded today, maybe it works better. But to me, I'm always thinking about, hey, a lot of software sounds great. It's sort of like the buying of GoDaddy domains. Which ones are there? Because how important is that photo compared to other things? So when you're using it, your your staff and you have so much attention that you know if you, you know one of the things I don't like about Google is the posts, which they you cannot get rid of the announcements of how many views you got in the post. They want those posts. They will continue to email you incessantly. It's almost impossible to turn those notifications off. And so the idea is prioritizing what are the things that will actually make you money versus, yeah, it'd be nice to have more photos, but if I upload three a month or four a month rather than on a weekly basis, is it better? Yeah, it's better to do it on a weekly basis, but where do you want to put the prioritization of stopping what you're doing to post something? Yeah, I mean, it really comes down to, you know, what you prefer. For me, this weekend, I was at the ballpark. I got the text message. I happened to be on a field where I have a banner for my for my law office. 
took a picture of the banner, set it up. Didn't have to think about it any much more than that. So that's yeah. how it worked. It was just yeah, but it's very- taking your time and attention, and that that's always the pull and tug. Which is we can do it ourselves, but until somebody else is doing it, it's not a Jay Ruane system. It's Jay Ruane's right. life. Right. Well, that's true. Okay, so here's another uh, piece of software that I use, um, and I actually used it today, and it's software called SideMail. And SideMail is really interesting because it allows you to validate your domain and set it up without having to uh, without having to set up um, mail servers with uh, Google uh, Apps for Business or with Rackspace or something like that. So say you want, you own a domain, you're putting up a website, and you want to have, you know, newsletter at uh, Atlanta Divorce Firm uh, or newsletter at ColoradoSpringsDUI.com. And that's not your main site. It's like a landing page site or something like that. But you need to sort, you want to give people the impression that that site, ha- it's not going to be you at your Gmail address or you at a Yahoo or AOL address. Or you or, know, or, or Ruane. You're or Ruane, right? So like for me, right, we have a Mr. Pardons, which is one of our brands, Mr. Speeding Ticket. I've got the licensed lawyers. Uh, I've got a whole bunch of sub-brands. And when we send out our newsletters, we don't want necessarily the newsletter to come from at Ruane Attorneys. We want it to come from at Mr. Speeding Ticket. Uh, and so in services like MailChimp, uh, or constant contact, you have to validate your domain. Sidemail for under $100 a year allows us to send email as that domain. It, it, it basically acts as a pass-through. So I'm able to validate a single domain name's email address. I can do multiple ones as well. That's one of the benefits of Sidemail. So I can have a custom at the customvanityurl.com email address for as many websites as I have up there without having to go through the added expense of setting up Google Apps or Rackspace or whatever it is uh, to actually have an email box because all it is is it passes through the email to whatever destination email address that you want. And you can send as that as that uh, email as well. So question, I, like with a GoDaddy, you might get info at just thrown in. Right. So this is like if you want to do more, if you want to have Right, if you want to do more. So I have like leads at or... Uh, newsletter ad you don't want to go through the whole five dollar a month per go setting it up with google apps you're right because i'm not going to be using it's really just a pass-through that's going to wind up it's an alias right but i I, but i need to validate it with the mail the the email program so i use side mail to do that you know one benefit which i'm not sure you thought of because you you have people who have opted in for your lists but you know, there's an issue. If you get too many people marking you as spam, they can blacklist your URL. I wonder if this is a way to sort of diversify it so that if you're sending something more risky, you could send it from a different domain than Ruane Attorneys. You know, you would hate to see one of these get get blacklisted, but it's better than your main, you know, FU domain. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's one of the reasons why we do it. In fact, we're going to be doing an announcement in uh, 10 days or so. And it's going out to 6,500 lawyers that have opted into another mailing list of, of ours, but they're not on this topic, but we're going to take a shot at it. And if they mark this as spam, it's not the end of my world. Uh, gotcha. So that's uh, so that's a, that's a thing. Now, I want to talk, you had another one. So let's talk about that sure, one. Because I'll, I think I'll conclude with my, my, my final one is just 
a, a tool that we love around the office uh, for, for sort of local search, right? We want to know where we are. Like, are you in the three-pack, aren't you? And it's very frustrating because you may be sitting at your house and you may do great there in your office, but then as it, at, you know, what's going on two miles away? And so Local Falcon is a tool that essentially allows you to look at an entire jurisdiction with boxes showing, you know, finite geography, that will allow you to see how you are showing theoretically in the three pack or what your local search is in each of those sub listings geographically. And you'll see that generally, if you're doing your job right, your best results are right at the epicenter of where you are. And as those boxes move away from your epicenter, you're, you're generally doing less well. And so it's fascinating to see where a competitor that might be on the other side of town starts to bump into you as you do it. And while it's not 100%, let's say it's 75%. So don't wig out, you know, based on the results. You got to, you know, double check it. But the idea gives you a good sense as to trends, what's what's happening, are you doing well, are you not doing well? Very broad strokes. We really enjoy using it. It's very addictive. You know, uh, it, it is addictive. You can get down a rabbit hole really, really quickly on that. The thing about Local Falcon is that you buy credits. Uh, so it's not like you buy, it's not like a monthly service you have to pay for monthly. You just buy a ton of credits and then use them as you go. But you wind up using a lot that first day because you're doing. Interesting thing about it is that we actually discovered a competitor who had clearly opted into using a new. SEO provider and stuff because we saw them pop up as we ran local Falcon and then their presence started to grow larger and so it, we were able to sort of track their growth digitally as they started to compete with us in a market because we saw them pop up on local Falcon. I don't know if I would have found them as a competitor looking for them to take away market share uh, if I had not had that. Had well, that if your head's in the sand, you're just looking in your immediate place. You don't see what's going on further right. out in your epicenter. Exactly. You know, um, absolutely. The thing that we like it for, and it be an entire another episode, is spam, local spam. So what we'll see is as we look at it, we're sort of seeing what's all out there. There are a lot of people, some are overseas bots, some of them are local, who are placing exact match names into the three pack. And Google has not figured out how to make that a non-ranking factor. Spam still works in the, in the local three pack. And so that, you know, it's a cat and mouse game where if you're trying to protect your territory and somebody keeps putting spam there, you're constantly sort of signaling to Google, hey, this is not a real firm or, hey, this is not the real name of the firm. Um, it gives you a sense as to what's out there, who's infringing upon your territory. Yeah, I really like that. That's great. Okay, so I've got two more that I want to talk about. And then when we get done with these two, we're going to take a quick break. And then Ryan's going to come back with another great book review. But the two that I want to talk about is one that I've been talking about for over a year. Uh, if you are friends with me on Facebook and you're watching this, you probably recognize that I send out birthday greetings to basically everybody. Uh, and I'd like to say that I do it uh, because I get up every morning and I'm hard at work typing away saying happy birthday to people. But I found Birthday Bud and for 30 bucks it has changed my engagement with people on their birthdays. I always felt bad when I would miss somebody's birthday. Uh, but Birthday Bud is a great software that you can set up both with Facebook and with LinkedIn. And it allows you to upload a picture 
uh, upload an image uh, that says happy birthday, send a customized message to people on their birthday. And uh, that way, you never forget to wish somebody a happy birthday. And if a lot, if you're like me, you have a lot of friends that refer you business over the course of a year. And so being able to pop up in their feed, say happy birthday, you get the thank you, um, you know, from them most of the time. Uh, it reminds them that you exist and it gives you an opportunity to, to grow your firm by way of referrals because all those people are, hey, hey, if nothing else, he wished me happy birthday. Are you able to personalize the message? Can you look at you the can. month and sort of say, add an extra note for somebody you, you know you want a specific message to? Well, you can personalize it as far as adding their name to the message if you want to. Uh, you're you're allowed up to three messages. You can't say, hey, I saw you in August. Happy birthday. You know, it's for a, a cool graphic or gift. Right, or right. If you notice, Tyson Mutrix, I turned him on to it about a year ago. Yeah. Uh, and he has uh, the office graphics that he does uh, with his happy birthday uh, things which are really kind of cool. I actually had our photographer in uh, last November, and I took a picture with a cake, with a confetti, a champagne bottle, uh, and with a uh, with a noisemaker. Uh, and I put those things out there, and I get all sorts of comments on it. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. You know, one one I'll give you a morbid thought, but I'm sure you've had to address it, which is there are a number of people on Facebook that have now passed away. Yes, uh, where the families just leave them up. Do you go through and edit to make sure that you're not wishing somebody's past a happy birthday? Yes, they actually have a do not message list that you can add people to that list so that they don't get those uh, messages. Uh, and it's and it's and it's effective because I you know I had some people who passed away this year and it's one of the things I do is I went in and I made sure that they were on the do not message list and their birthday came and went uh, with no message from me. Uh, so that's that, yeah. that that does work. Uh, and then. The last thing that I want to talk about is something that we've actually used recently is a product called Link Whisper. And I don't know if you've used Link Whisper um, in, in your practice, but um, Link Whisper allowed us to actually find internal linking issues that we were looking for. We had a number of posts on one of our websites. Uh, we probably had 80 or 90 pages that had no internal or external links on them. It was just content. Um, so they had maybe one link. Oh, they sidebar or nothing? They Oh, they had a sidebar, yeah. But it was just, you know, we're talking, you know, a thousand words uh, about a particular topic and nothing, no internal link in the in that copy, you know? Uh, and, and so and this, this is your checks and balances. And this is my checks and balances. So Link Whisper uh, basically crawls your site, uh, indexes your site, and allows it to know, okay, you have this page. I'll give you an example from uh, from one of my traffic sites. You have a page about um, passing a school bus, right? Uh, and then you've got passing a school bus mentioned on a number of other pages. So now we're going to artificially create that link with just a couple of clicks because those pages should be linked to one another. You know, perhaps I have a page about points and there's a mention of you get five points if you get caught passing a school bus. That page should link to the other one. Uh, and, you know, it, it's not perfect, but it does a lot of the heavy lifting and the interface is rather easy. So you can identify the things that the algorithm got wrong or the algorithm got right and you can change up some of the text very easily. Uh, and it was a flat fee for a website um, and it was inexpensive. I forget what the, the price was, but Link Whisper uh, was what we used. And, at, and we added like 500 internal links uh, to our, our, one of our traffic ticket sites in an afternoon um, right and look and like anything else um there are things how do i put this that while i love it for like a blog concept 
the thing to be careful about is that like anything else, there's suggestions. So if you're if you believe the more the better, great. But if you're siloing content and you don't want and you want Google to see stuff within a defined silo, there I mean, that's where it's almost like the difference between a Yext that does it automated and then the next step. I love the idea. It's better than not having internal links at all. But I also want people to sort of think, hey, is there a defined structure? And if you are using a tool like this, making sure that you're not working across purposes to what your bigger structural goals are. And so let me follow up with that. So we deployed it on our verticals that are focused on one particular area. So speeding tickets, pardons, lady DUI. I did not deploy it on Ruane Attorneys, which is my main site with 5,000 pages. That stuff we're doing the internal linking manually because we don't want to run into problems where we're linking cross silo. That's an issue. And so, these so basically, are, these when are you're the throwing the kitchen sink at it, it's going to give you suggestions because, frankly, and from a cost benefit point of view, you may not put the resources towards internal linking, which is why it said to you, hey, dude, you don't you're not, you know, you're not internal linking. Great. We can put a bunch. It shows some velocity. And when you're not siloing, it doesn't really matter. Absolutely. So that's a lot, man. We've got we got four directory things that people can look at. We've got local Falcon. We've got. Uh, the local picks, they, uh, side mail, B-Day bud, birthday bud, link whisper. We've got a lot of software out there. And this is what we wanted to talk about uh, last Thursday. You know, there's a lot of good hacks out there. There's a lot of good products that you can use. But you need to know which ones are real and which ones, you know, could give you a false sense of security, perhaps. Um, and, and also things that, you know, may, you may not know about just yet. Uh, so, Seth, here's what we're going to do next. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsors, of course. And then when we come back, Ryan will get right into another great book review. The stuff he's been doing has been great for us. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. Sound good? Sounds great. Awesome. We'll be right back, folks, with another edition of Max Growth Live. Hey, it's Becca here. I'm sure you've heard Jim and Tyson mention the Guild on the podcast and in the Facebook group. The Guild is this perfect mix of a community, group coaching, and a mastermind. Guild members get so many benefits including weekly live events and discounts to all Maximum Lawyer events. Head over to MaximumLawyer.com forward slash the guild to check out all the benefits and watch a few testimonials from current members. So head to MaximumLawyer.com and click on the guild page to join us. Now, let's get back to the episode. In this world today, if you want to grow your business, you want to grow your firm, you want to take on more cases and make a bigger impact, you have to have a digital blueprint. Statistically, throughout the time that we've been working with Blue Shark Digital, our law firm, the Atlanta Divorce Law Group, grew over 1,400%. Seth and his team have years of experience in this area. Blue Shark is truly a part of the firm, so I don't consider Blue Shark any different than the employees in my office. Hi, I'm Ryan McKean, and I'm here for this week's episode of Just Book It. And this week, I am covering the Marine Corps Way. The Marine Corps Way is one of the very first business books that I read when I was building my firm. And it was recommended to me by Don Keenan, famous plaintiff's lawyer down in Atlanta and former Marine. And I've read a lot of books on leadership, a lot of books on business development, and some of the very, very best books come from the military. And the reason why is if you think about it, the military is the biggest employer uh, in the country. It is the it has the most human resource and logistics experience of moving, motivating, training people 
and training them to do really critical things. So there is a mountain of research that goes into everything uh, the United States military does in terms of leadership and people management. And it's not always intuitive. I think, you know, before I started really reading in this genre, I thought that military leadership was very much top down. The, you know, the generals told the, uh, told the soldiers what to do and they did it. But quite the opposite is true. And uh, there are immense leadership lessons that, you know, someone like Gary Vaynerchuk would absolutely recognize going on in the Marine Corps. And, um, you know, with this book, I just wanted to, you know, take away three, give you three takeaways from it. Um, and, and and things that I thought were, were a little bit interesting and you, you may be able to use in your practice. One of which is that one of the biggest awards that Marines give uh, to each other is the Toilet Seat Award. And the Toilet Seat Award is for initiative, somebody who shows a lot of initiative on a project that isn't successful. And the point is to reward and encourage risk, to recur, to encourage you know smart decision-making, understanding that the outcome isn't always there. Um, and, and that's going to happen. That's going to happen in cases. That's going to happen with marketing plans. That's going to happen with hires. That's going to happen with, you know, how you're trying to build your firm. I mean, I remember one time I, I, I went to uh, some mastermind and I came away with the idea that we should have menus. Um, and so I, I, I did this whole thing. I, I had these little uh, clipboards and it, I mean, it just didn't work out. But that was toilet seat worthy because I'm, I'm trying to improve the culture and I'm taking risks. So, you know, in your organization or for yourself, you know, consider really consider a toilet seat award. People love trophies. Um, they, re they really do. Um, so the second point that I that I got away from this book was, um, you know, Marines are, are really, it's really important to have the speed of decisions and the delegation of decision making. And that's sort of one of the core principles of the Marine Corps. So what they do is a, is the leadership follows the one third, two thirds rule. The leader, the, the, the leaders uh, make one third, one third of the decision and delegate the other two thirds of it. And, you know, how many of us in our office own 100% of the decision making? And we, you know, in, inspect, uh, expect our team to just follow orders or follow our systems and how to do it. But one of the things I think I could work on is really delegating that two thirds of the decision making, you know, here, here's, in, instead of saying like, here's how you do this A to Z, you say, you know, here, I've made the decision to do this. And here's what here are the decisions that you need to make to make this happen. And um, they, they find that that creates ownership and speed. Um, making decisions quickly is very important. And also training your people to make decisions for you is an incredibly uh, powerful reflex for them to have and, and for them to feel empowered and, and, and some ownership. The last point that I that I really want to make is, uh, you know, one of the one of the real principles of leadership in the Marine Corps is just walking around. Um, so, you know, leaders in the Marine Corps will walk around, you know, they'll 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 ask ask uh, soldiers how they're doing. They'll check their boots to see if they're running the miles. 
Um, and, you know, so much can be gained in any office. Um, and I've heard, you know, Seth and uh, Craig Goldenfarb talk about making the rounds. Um, you know, I do the same where I just walk and, and, and just talk with people. How, how are you doing? How, how's it going? You know, there is so much to be learned from that. Um, and there's so much um, trust and, and, and relationship to be built by doing that. Um, you know, if you're not doing that, you're really missing out. Uh, you know, even if it, even in today's world of COVID with a lot of us being remote, um, you know, you can Slack message people, call people, uh, Zoom people, um, but really try to get out into the field, get out to where your people are and walk around and see what you see. Are you seeing somebody who's flustered? Are you seeing somebody who's exhausted? Are you seeing someone who's disengaged? Are you seeing someone who's ready for a bigger challenge? And you, you need that kind of intelligence in your business. So in, in sort of summary, this is, a, this is an old book. Um, I don't know if you can still find it, or if you can, it might be on uh, you know Amazon or eBay used for a few bucks, or you see it at a used bookstore, um, pick it up. I think that there are a, a lot of good lessons in this book that you can use in your business. The lawyers who will succeed in the next decade are the ones who are focusing on building their brands where people meet. And there is no place better to build your brand than on social media. With the FirmFlex DIY social media plan, hundreds of lawyers like you are using social media to build their brand and become the one lawyer in their community that people know, like, and trust. By spending even just five minutes a day on social media marketing, you can engage with hundreds or thousands of people in your local community who will need your services. By cultivating a network of followers, you build a book of business that you can market to the next decade and beyond. If you are looking for a solution to help you jumpstart your social media marketing, look no further than the DIY plan at GetFirmFlex.com. The DIY was created by a small firm lawyer for people just like you helping you connect with local people online and build your brand and engage people in the topics they want to talk about, all for under $100 a month. To find out more, visit GetFirmFlex.com. Okay, Seth, another great book review by Ryan. That was awesome. You know, it's it's great. I get to be kind of lazy and, and just hear his takeaways without having to do the books myself. It's like my own version of Blinkist. Uh, so uh, I was going to say, I just re-upped my Blinkist, and yeah. uh, I, I was like, why am I doing that? I got Ryan. Well, did you see if you have the Marriott Amex card, they're giving it to you for free because oh, no I... one's going to Marriott's. I just got an email about that today. So well, I think another... I, You know what's where the worst part is? I think I got that email, thought of Blinkist, and then went and paid for it with it with the Marriott uh, with the, with the Marriott card. So maybe if I paid with it with the Marriott card, it won't. Uh, Let's it, hope so. Let's hope so. I mean, I have. I got to tell you, man. My points balance is going up and up, and I have nothing you know to spend what? points I, I, on. I, I, I'd rather have a tight points balance than sitting there with several million points. It's so depressing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can't wait till we can go back and use them. I just, I just spent a hundred thousand points buying my kids Fire tablets uh, for for Christmas, just because I'm like, you know what, I, I, I got to spend these points on something. You know? no, that, that might be a bad. That might not be a bad. Uh, you know, again, and, and something weird because during this pandemic, I have not been points crazed. I'm just sort of like banking everything and figuring it out. I'll figure it out later. It's almost, and I'm just, you know, we both know, and probably why you spent it on the tablet. There's a good chance that for Marriott to survive, that those points are going to be deflated in some massive way. We already took a. 40 to 50% deflation on the uh, Starwood merger. Yeah. Um, there's no way that the airlines and the hotels are going to be able to provide free travel because we're all 
sitting there with these, you know, massive point points balance. Yeah, so I mean, it's gonna. I, I would got to think they're gonna throttle capacity and raise the uh, the 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 point necessary for for travel. Yeah, I mean, and I was I was like five nights away from going into Platinum Elite uh, for next year uh, when all this stuff happened. So I'm wondering if they're gonna keep, they'll keep my status. I have a pretty good feeling you pick up your phone at five nights away. They they'll give you right now if you want to stay in their hotel. They, well, they'll, they'll make you anything you want. I mean, the, the the local courtyard Marriott is like forty nine dollars a night right now. Well, that's the other issue. The points have not adjusted, right? So I was in New York uh, visiting my parents the other a couple weekends ago, and so while the, exactly while the, the hotels in Manhattan were at a hundred bucks a night, which is unheard of, the point tallies were the equivalent of when it was two fifty a night. So you can spend your points now. But like it, it's, Why would you know, you? so you have all these points sitting there, but you're basically spending them at 20 cents on the dollar because right now you can buy the $49 hotel room, you know, rather than what the points equivalent are. They're not they're not reducing the points values. Absolutely. OK, so we're going to we're going to wrap up this show now. But Seth, tell us who we have on a Thursday show. Well, we, we are looking forward. We got the Jersey Boys coming and uh, they, they are a powerhouse. We met them through uh, John Fisher's Mastermind Experience. And these guys have taken Jersey by storm. Uh, they not only have built an incredible powerhouse PI shop, but, you know, tell them what the, they, they built a second business division, which is one of the things we've been talking a lot about on the show. Yeah, you know, they, they got really interesting. You know, as PI lawyers, they, they you know, we, we had a little talk about this at, at, a, at a mastermind. They were concerned about the changing in consumer demographics long before COVID and how they're thinking driverless cars, uh, people living more in cities rather than in the suburbs. Back then, that was a big talk. And they were talking about how they wanted to do something to diversify their general PI automobile practice. Uh, and so one of the things that they were looking to do was getting into employment law. And that's really been working well for them. And so I want to talk to them a little bit about how they did that, why they came to that, because other people are making other moves. It's a great way. And they're growing inside their firm rather than growing outside, like we've talked about with uh, with Sarah, for example, as growing outside her firm. Uh, and so, yeah, and Mario as well. So it's really sort of a... a, a going to the other end of the spectrum, which I think this will be a really interesting way uh, to talk about it with these guys. And of course, hanging out with Rich and Bill is, is always fun. Absolutely. Awesome. So that's going to be it for us today. Thank you so much for being with us. I am Jay Ruane of FirmFlex. He is Seth Price of Blue Shark, and we are Max Growth Live. Thank you for being with us, and we'll see you Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern, another edition of Maximum Growth Live. Shooter McGavin, out. Take it easy, folks. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Maximum Growth Live. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast for the latest episodes and tune in live on Facebook every Thursday for our live show. For more information, visit Maximum Growth Live on Facebook or MaximumLawyer.com and be sure to share us with your friends.